Oh, hello. My name is Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm preparing to bring you my most monstrous villain yet, Anton Castillo in Far Cry 6. While I've confronted some formidable foes in my time, I now face someone entirely new. You. Do you know what you're getting into? Taking on Anton? Fighting on the side of the guerrillas? Whose means of overthrowing a powerful dictator include playing with dogs, building weapons from trash, and running rampant through the streets like an untamed circus animal? Anton possesses an exquisite firearm forged from solid gold. You wield a child's backpack. Anton has built a vast arsenal for his loyal army. You disrespect them. You steal their tanks as you scurry from building to building. <laughs> but still, I'm sure that you'll put up a good fight. Just know that Far Cry is known for its larger-than-life villains. This is a legacy I intend to honor. Before you take up this romantic notion of being a freedom fighter, let me ask you a question. Are you prepared to die for your cause? <laughs> I was acting. Or was I? Well, hello there. And welcome to episode 14 of PlayStation Pals, a video game podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Majima to my Kazuma, John. John, are you ready to talk even more conferences? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, I am, Nick. I think, we, yeah. It's going to be a little bit more, more positive today, I think. Okay, well that's good to hear. Um, to kick things off, uh, that great segment, uh, the DEFCON level, it lasted a whole three episodes, and now <laughs> we already have to kill it off, because the likelihood of a PlayStation showcase is now zero, which we're going to get into. Sony had a state of play this week, and that state of play killed any chance of a Sony showcase. I think, John, unless you disagree, I think we're at a DEFCON 5. Um, yeah, I, I do disagree a little bit. I mean, I, I think, you know, I think DEFCON 5 is, is appropriate, but I don't, I don't think the PS or the state of play completely killed any chance. I think it's substantially lower that any type of larger uh, show from PlayStation is likely, but I, th I still think there is so much out there to discuss. Um, you know, unless if unless if Sony's strategy it really is to drip feed everything just going forward, I, I think they need a larger show. Um, you know, so whether that's a showcase or whether they're just gonna you know bombard everything <laughs> into Keeley's Game Awards or whatever, but you know, I I, I, I think it's fair to be disheartened, but um, you know, and I wouldn't expect to see a showcase, but it's still possible, I guess. Sure. Well, I, we'll get into the details of the state of play, but nothing in the state of play was a reason why we said there would be a showcase. Exactly. You know, so there's so many things left on the table that weren't in the state of play. So, uh, do you do you have any time frame in which your expert <laughs> <laughs> opinion on uh, when one will be? Because I, I mean, I do you think there will be one this year? I guess we'll simplify it to that. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, okay, obviously the biggest things that they need to talk about still is they need to have an official VR blowout, I would think. I think they would want to, you know, they need to tell us the date, tell us the cost, you know, things like that. Those type of, that type of information seems like it's something that would be worthy of a, a larger show, um, but I could also honestly see them just dropping a little blog post. So um, I think you're probably looking at one of two things. You're either going to see a showcase, I would say, next month i don't think that's likely um but if there was to be one position this year i think it would have to fall in october um sony doesn't really have anything big releasing in october so they can don't have they're not going to take any of the uh, sale air out of the sales for anything uh obviously november has god of war so i don't think they'd push it into there um and if we're not going to see it in october i would think it'd have to be early next year um you know because there is Again, there's nothing from any of the first-party teams besides, obviously, God of War coming out and uh, what we know from Insomniac. So I, I would think it'd have to fall in there. But, you know, if I'm if I'm now talking about, yeah, there might be a showcase in four to five months, it's like, well, of course, there's going to be a showcase. They're going to talk about stuff at some point, John. So, like, what are we even talking about? Um, but, you know, I just... Uh, it's just too weird that there's so much to talk about and, and they've been so quiet about things, which is exciting in one hand, but... We need some. We need some info. Right, and it's also frustrating on the other end. <laughs> right, exactly. Because what are we playing next year other than all the games that got delayed out of this year yeah. <laughs> into early next year? Well, what year. are we? What are we playing from first party Sony? That's that's kind yeah. of the the big question. But yeah, yeah. All right. So goodbye, DefCon level. This segment will not be returning, and. And then they're going to announce a showcase next week, which would be, <laughs> <laughs> be very funny. Yeah, yeah, that will uh, lower the level of expertise that you seem to think I have. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah. that is also true. Because I can give you shit now because your your September fifteenth date did not happen. So again, I know. Send your hate mail to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com. Attention, John. Uh, let him know how frustrated you are just with him because. You know, he set your expectations and let you down, uh -huh. so. Well, you know, at least I got the week right for Sony announcing something. <laughs> I mean, I, if we're, if we're, if we're going to, you know, throw some shade my way, I think we need to throw some shade to everybody else in the entire internet that said September 8th, I was closer. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, that's fair. I, I, will I will take any hate mail that you want to send my way. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll be writing some myself. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> All right, so let's just move into the format of the show. This is how it works. Each of us bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a conference, a news item, a conference, you know, if you listen to the last few weeks, sometimes we talk about conferences, so <laughs> expect that to be here. And then we also take emails to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com or Twitter DMs at PSPalsPod. So any of those things, whatever we feel like talking about, there is it is wide open. But given this state of play that we just talked about, John, let's hear about it. Tell the listeners what we got. Yeah, so uh, this week we got a state of play uh, focused on some VR titles as well as some uh, third-party um, games that are kind of coming out. Very, very heavy. Uh, it seems like kind of a Japanese focus. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but just wanted to kind of go through uh, some of the announcements here, you know, and get our overall thoughts. But let me just start off here, Nick. What is uh, your overall thoughts of this this uh, state of play from Sony? <laughs> uh 
we were both pretty down on it the, after it aired. I think our expectations were probably a little bit high. Yeah. I know before it aired, we said it only takes one game, right? One game that we want to play. Mm-hmm. And excluding the big game, big trailer that it ended on, you know, I wasn't feeling many of the games, but I've kind of turned around on them uh, as we'll get into those, like, those individual announcements. Uh, I think, I'm, I don't know, I, it's, it's getting better and better the more I think about it. It wasn't, it's not a showcase, so, you know, you got to readjust your expectations. And it did announce some new games and uh, a lot of new games, including some console exclusives to PlayStation, and ended on a God of War Ragnarok trailer that, I know you and me wouldn't have watched had it not been in this event, but we did, and my God. Yeah, man oh man, right? <laughs> We're so close. Yeah. So, so I'm up on it now. I would probably, if we're going to rate it out of five, I'd probably say, I'd probably give it a solid three. You know, just, just, just good. It, sure. it was solid. Yeah, I, I kind of have a very similar take. You know, I think there was a lot of external factors that really kind of swayed opinion one way or another, not really pertaining to the contents of the state of play, right? You know, like you said, kind of having this showcase expectation heading into the next Sony event in and of itself, you know, starts to get your brain buzzing and starts thinking about, you know, the crazy things like Bloodborne 2s and and what have you. But um, so kind of going into this and seeing, you know, things we're a little unfamiliar with or maybe some stuff that's not that that top, top tier, you know, causes somebody to, to think it wasn't that good. But upon reflection, like you said, I think it was a very solid, solid tight 20 minutes that we got. You know, they told us ahead of time that it was going to be 20 minutes. We were going to see 10 games to kind of temper expectations a little bit there. So uh, that was nice to see. But um, I think it had some highs and some lows. So I just want to kind of go through and we'll we'll talk about the different things that were shown. Um, And then at the end, Nick, I might just have a a couple questions for you. Sure. Um, So first, right off the bat, we got a new uh, trailer uh, for an unannounced game. That is Tekken 8. Eight, obviously the eighth game in the Tekken franchise. Um, you know, if you've been playing video games for a while, you obviously know the Tekken series. But um, not a lot to say. You know, it's it's Tekken, right? It's it's that <laughs> that two D three D style fighter that you always you know, we have all gotten used to seeing. Um, looks pretty, you know. Very, but it looks very good. Yeah, it looked very, very good. Uh, every time I watch a fighting trailer, I, I wish I played these games, but every time <laughs> I try to, uh, you know, it usually is not as fun as I, I hope it would be. But, um, you know, we kind of got a mix of CG and gameplay, so that was kind of nice to actually see some some fighting actually happening in the trailer, and it's not just some weird, you know... Um, two Japanese guys yelling at each other type deal. So, um, you know, if you're in the fighting game community, I, I'm sure you, you are pumped to see that. I have nothing bad to say about Tekken. Um, and, uh, yeah, so look forward to that if you're into that. Um, and then we went into some PSVR 2 announcements. We saw... Uh, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, uh, which is coming out in 2023. Um, Apparently, this is a port of an Oculus Quest VR game. Um, But I I guess this version does come with some new locations, some new enemies and allies, which is cool. Um, So, you know, it looks like kind of one of those life sim kind of games. I honestly don't know too much about it, um, being that it was exclusive to Oculus Quest before this. But, you know, if you like the Star Wars world, um, you know, we Nick and I have a friend who absolutely loves Hondo, um, who's a character in Star Wars, and so seeing him shown, shown up, I know that that would t- make him, you know, smile from ear to ear, so, you know, it's just going to be one of those things, I think if you're into Star Wars, you know, check it out, if not, it's not going to be for you. 
Um, and then the other VR game that VR game that we saw was Demio, uh, which was a tabletop VR game where you know you're kind of moving pawns around a. a Dungeons and Dragons, dungeon crawlers, crawling style uh, scenario where you're going to pull cards, roll dice, things like that. Not really my cup of tea, but um, that was the other VR game we saw. Um, so I did find it, I just want to put a pin right there, I did find it kind of weird, Nick, I don't know if you feel the same, where they highlighted that, hey, we're going to talk about VR 2 in this state of play, and like... I just I feel like without with the limited amount of VR information we've gotten so far, it feels a little weird to just be getting these two games and not <laughs> anything more. Did you did you kind of feel the same way, or did it, like it just felt like it was it was not the the type of you know we're, we're still we're waiting for all that VR news. We want the big apps. We want to mm-hmm. know what's the reason to get this thing, and it's just it's weird that they've dripped this stuff out. Do you kind of get the same feeling or no? Yeah, because we'll get into it later. The very next day, all the sites had impressions because they went and played PSVR too. So, right. <laughs> so right. it's weird that we're not getting like a big blowout and yeah, that, that this information keeps getting slowly dripped out and not a there's not a big PSVR 2 showcase of all the games. Um, yeah. And, and I, I, these are two smaller titles. I, I don't think, the, like as you mentioned, I don't think either one of these were like, wow, ooh, like amazing. You know, you're not going to buy in because of these two games, that's for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, they looked okay. So, but yeah, they seemed out of place in, in a, this show with a few a few other things that are going to be out of place that was looked mostly to be Japanese-focused. And the VR2 and another... Uh, bat shit crazy announcement that we're going to talk about later that was in the show <laughs> that doesn't yeah. make no sense um mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they seemed out of place and yeah we're still waiting for the big vr blowout of you know i like you and me talked about earlier this week like the at what the astrobot sequel you know like yeah, what, what is somewhere. what is the big titles for this outside of you know the the horizon game that's coming so uh yeah i'm with you i seemed out of place but i don't i don't know yeah it just it just felt weird to specifically say hey at this state of play we're talking about psvr2 and then to like kind of come out with some lackluster titles seems it, it just it doesn't seem like the marketing team really has a good pulse on like what people are wanting and needing information wise from vr2 right now but you know maybe this, they just have the drip feed mentality and they know that they can't make more than the amount they're going to sell anyway so like we'll just keep keep it coming slowly but uh anyway moving on uh we got some more games here uh that's all we got for vr so now everything will be ps4 ps5 related um this one was kind of a big surprise and i know the people who are into this franchise were have been very very uh excited to see that this is finally coming west this game has never been outside of japan and that is like a dragon ishin uh which is a spin-off series uh of the yakuza series it's um gonna be on ps4 and ps5 in february 2023 again like i said never before released in the west um you know if you want to kind of a, a 10 second idea of what this game is you know obviously it's yakuza set in feudal japan with swords right you're kind Mm -hmm. of walking around a small town much like you do in yakuza and kamarocho um but your combat is not you know beat em up style with punches and kicks you're using a a samurai sword um and i would imagine you're going to have that same sense of zaniness that you get in the yakuza series but um that was pretty cool one to see all i know is i wish i liked yakuza more i don't dislike (laughs) it but man and if you are a Yakuza fan, you are eating good right yeah. now. Yeah, we're like, gonna, we'll get into even more announcements. But uh, yeah, this this game has all this returning characters too. Like you are playing Kazuma, 
It's just but the same not, version of him. Right, but like they have different names, right? Like I, I, th- I think it's even like same, same like um, uh, facial features, so like the exact same models, yeah. but just like yeah, it's it's like gonna probably be this weird fever dream thing that you would play if you <laughs> are very familiar with the, you know, Yakuza's one through seven. But yeah, that was pretty pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, all right, and then we got uh, we got another Hogwarts Legacy trailer. You know, I think <laughs> I think at this point, you know, they're doing to us what they did with Deathloop last year, where you can obviously tell some of these games get contracts signed to be, hey, we're you, we want you to put this game in this many state of plays or this many blog posts or whatever you know the case may be because. I don't need to see any more of this game. I don't think anybody needs to see any more of this game. But the, <laughs> but the purpose of this trailer was to basically tell us that, hey, uh, as a PlayStation user, you are getting, uh, if you want to play this game on PlayStation, you're getting an exclusive quest, which comes with a shop and some other features as well. Um, do you have anything to say about you know exclusive exclusivity <laughs> with this kind of stuff, Nick? Or do you want to, we can move on if you don't really. I, I was going to say it's a hot... I was going to say it's been a while since we've had this. Like, you know, I remember Batman Arkham... Uh, Arkham uh, Asylum had the Joker. You could play as the Joker exclusively on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And cases like that were very few because I I don't know why companies do this. I don't think this would ever sway you from your preferred platform as yep. an exclusive quest. If, you, if you're in like John's John's rich boy, you know, lifestyle where you own all the consoles, and I played them on my LG C1, that you're going to be like, oh, well, I I don't know where to get Hogwarts Legacy. I don't know. Oh, DLC is exclusive to play. I'm going to get on PlayStation now. I just don't think that conversation happens. So I don't know why these things occur, but I I, I am not in those backroom deals, but I, I think they're dumb. Yeah, and that you you have my exact point, man. It's like I want to I want to see a scenario where there's somebody you know sitting on his couch, right? He's looking at for the next game to pre-order or buy, and he's got his Xbox and he's scrolling through the store and he goes, "Hogwarts Legacy." I've been wanting to play this, and then he thinks about the PlayStation exclusive mission, and then he switches his console to the PlayStation and gets it there. I just don't see that happening. Maybe what? Maybe fifty people, and it's just the amount of backlash that seems to be kind of drawing. And like, obviously, with the Call of Duty acquisition, that seems to have all this at a fever pitch. It's like I don't know if right now is the best time to be dropping something so stupidly exclusive that doesn't really push the needle in any which way. And uh, I agree with you, man. I mean, it's it's never good to to gate people away from content. Um, and it, it should be noted that this is has a one-year exclusive deal. So it's not like it's it's coming to Xbox eventually. So what the fuck's the point? Um, so just kind of weird. I, I hope we eventually start to see these kind of things just go away completely. It is nice that we don't see them as much as we used to, but still kind of weird. Hogwarts, please kindly fuck off until next February, please. Thank you. Yeah. Come um, on and be good. That's all. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. And then we had Pacific Drive, which uh, this is the first game from Ironwood Studios. Um, I was pretty down on this trailer initially. It, it, you know, you kind of opens. It's this dark, foggy woods, obviously set in the northwest, you know, hence the title Pacific Drive. Um you know, don't really know a lot about what this game is, but after watching the trailer again, it is kind of interesting. You can kind of glean some stuff from it. And, you know, it, it takes place, I think, the entire game you're in a car, right, where it seems like you're trying to escape this apocalyptic 
I don't know, scenario, right? Where you have buzz saws that seem to be going across the road. You have pillars that are raising in the middle of the road that you have to swerve and avoid. Uh, big green goo bomb things that kind of, you know, make your car look like you can't see. So I don't really know what this game is. Um, you know, Nick, do you have any thoughts on what this what this potentially could be? I have a couple of my own, but I want to kind of see if you do. I had a feeling like it's some kind of roguelike, like a run-based game, but like 3D, like first-person driving and walking around and see how far you can get. Because there is a shot of a map of the, the character like driving past and then ending on an X. So I can see like you have a map and all the times you've run out and died you know it becomes an x and you're just exploring the map and maybe the map is procedurally generated too um mm-hmm. i get major procedurally generated vibes from this for sure <laughs> for yeah sure. this is another this wasn't the weird one i was mentioning earlier but this is also another weird game that just came kind of came out of nowhere and didn't fit the vibe of the overall show um but and i know it was funny john <laughs> you were pretty down on this game you're really salty on this one <laughs> i like i said man i hated the trailer when it first like because it, it's lots of jump jump cuts it's very dark mm-hmm. you know the art style is i don't want to say it's gross but it, it just looks kind of muddy from afar and and i just you know i i just feel like if you're showing a game for the first time especially from a new studio man like you know you got to do you got to do better than that because it shouldn't take somebody to watch a trailer two or three or four times and be like, oh, okay, I, I kind of see what this is going for. Because, it, like, like you said, it could be cool. It, it could mm-hmm. be a roguelike where, you know, you're obviously upgrading your car. You see the car at different points through the trailer, and sometimes it has armor and different things on it. So, you know, clearly you're managing the health of the car and things like that. But um, I don't know. I just thought it was a bad trailer. The, the game could come out and be, be awesome. Um I just didn't care for the way that it was presented to me, that's all. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But, all right, and then we have our next announcement, PlayStation Stars. We get, a, we get another look at what this uh, mysterious program is. Uh, do you want to take this one, Nick? I know you have some strong feelings <laughs> on it. Uh, I have no idea still what this fucking thing is. <laughs> yeah. I know when we talked lot. about it a few podcasts ago when it was initially announced, uh, this does give more credence to what you said, John, like you saying that these because I guess to give context, uh, a lady came up and started talking about it. And then she showed off some exclusive items, which were not like, you know, avatars or banners or uh, themes for your PlayStation. These exclusive items were 3D objects that were spinning around. And that was it. Like, that's all they showed. Digital objects. Yeah, digital digital. objects. And you don't know, where am I seeing these? How, if I want, if John earns one of these collectibles, where do I see them? I have no idea. But when, again, when we talked about PlayStation Stars and you said that this would exist in some kind of PlayStation Home equivalent, Mm -hmm. and now these are objects in your PlayStation Home, and with VR2, objects that you can interact with, well, that seems to make more sense now especially after seeing the items but mm. again she the, the lady didn't explain anything about it we i just it's so frustrating they didn't show how you earn it you know they we still know like if you get platinum trophies you'll earn them and stuff like that but there's there's <laughs> yeah it was the, the, uh, it was the worst part of the whole show by far yeah the communication is very poor i think on what they just did not 
get across, I think, what they were trying to get across. And, you know, for for those who maybe didn't hear us earlier in an earlier show where we, we mentioned PlayStation Stars, this is kind of a rewards program, you know, free to join, free to sign up for that encourages you to stay on PlayStation. It's a loyalty program. So... You know, yeah, they've they've told us that they're going to give us these, you know, ways to express ourselves and show our friends, you know, what kind of gamers we are. And, and then even things such as, like, you know, reward points and I think, like, loyalty points so that if you buy things off the PlayStation Store, you can eventually, you know, get a $10 gift card or what, what have you. So it's got a lot of po- potential and something I'm definitely looking forward to learning more about. It's just, you know... Uh, Hey, remember PlayStation Stars? We talked about it before. Uh, yeah, you're going to get some awesome things that you really care about to show your friends. Oh, what's that thing? Oh, here's the first image. It's Ape Escape. Like, what? Like, no, that's, that's like, I just, I don't, I don't get, I don't quite get that. Um, but I still think the program has some potential. I am, you know, being the frugal man that I am, I'm most curious about, like, you know, is, is there some Nintendo style thing where when you buy a digital game, you have, you know, a percentage of that goes into your wallet that you can use towards for future purchases or whatever the case may be you know i know there's things like oh you're the first person to platinum a game you get a special thing but yeah man i i think it it could be super cool if one day in the future sony really puts a lot of effort and initiative into allowing us to express ourselves and like our show off our profile and whether that's through playstation home or a hub or something where we can kind of have everything in one collective spot it shows our trophies it shows what we've collected through games it shows maybe some you know some of our best i don't know um just things that we've done in games you know there's a lot of possibility to allow us to as use as the user in the game or to you know just kind of put our personality into it and hopefully this is one step towards that but um and then oh go ahead oh i was gonna say and the weird thing is, is she said that this is launching later this month in asia like this is coming <laughs> yeah. like we're like on which i mean which is like in two weeks like that's september ends in two weeks you know like so where <laughs> why why is it so still so vague as to this program yeah. i mean it could just be a, mic- <laughs> a microcosm right now of sony as a whole i mean you know we're, we have a sony podcast obviously we enjoy playstation but if there's one area that the company seems like they've really been lacking at least since jim ryan's taken over it's communication it's you know there's these long periods of time where they're not talking to the audience where we don't really know what you know is going on on their end and and they don't have to tell us like hey this is the game made by this person coming out on this date but you know just just be open with us you know we Mm -hmm. don't care if it's this like you know big um, you know produced video that gives us we don't care just give us the facts give us like (laughs) hey we're doing this this and this this is our plans and this is what you can look forward to and so I, I think PlayStation definitely has some room to grow. It's, it's something I think maybe Microsoft does a little bit better. Just having an open dialogue back and forth with the community goes a long, long way. And um, doesn't seem like they're, they're really taking that to heart right now. So No, no. But um, all right, well, let's get a move on because we're already probably a full podcast length uh, <laughs> on this first topic here. And lastly, we, we had a couple more games. Uh, Sin Duality was a, from Bandai Namco, uh, was a third-person shooter featuring mechs. And I was uh, excited to read this on the official uh, announcement of the game it says it has an art style akin to near automata oh so, gosh yeah, yeah you know i see it's those a new buzzword the, <laughs> i see the i see yeah right this is the new Solus comparison um 
So, you know, something I'm going to keep my eye on uh, that has a 2023 release window. Uh, then we saw Stellar Blade, which was formerly Project Eve, uh, which was a game we've seen before um, from Shift Up Games, uh, 2023 release date. Um, looks pretty cool. Uh, too early to determine, you know, think Bayonetta, uh, fast-paced third-person mm-hmm. action game. Um you know anything you want to say about either of these two nick or no uh well before they showed this game and the next game they said this game and the next game we're going to talk about are console exclusive to playstation so you won't be playing these on xbox so that's just something they specifically said about this game and the next game we're going to talk about so it's just just interesting i'd I don't know. I wonder too if they they might have meant PS5 exclusive because I, I know the the next one, uh, Rise of Ronin. Spoiler alert, uh, is a PS5 <laughs> exclusive game. So maybe maybe that's what they meant. I'd have to go back and Could look. Be. Um, but yeah, and then so then lastly here we got uh, Rise of Ronin, which uh, is going to be a PS5 exclusive game, 2024, and this one is by Team Ninja. So uh, Team Ninja, who did Neo, Neo Two, uh, probably the two most. I would say the two most beloved Souls knockoffs. I, you know, I think that's mm-hmm. kind of a universally accepted thing. So definitely a, a caliber, a high caliber team. Um, but uh, you know, this is going to be. It looks like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we're we're entering. It seems like into this feudal Japan phase where you know we know the industry likes to lag three to four years behind some fad, right? And you know, we've been clamoring for Ubisoft to make us our feudal Japan Assassin's Creed game forever. They didn't want to do it. It. So then, you know, Sucker Punch decided to, but here comes all these uh, knockoffs. But yeah. this one looks pretty good. You know, obviously it's a ways out. Um, but yeah, it looks like Feudal Japan, uh, Assassin's Creed kind of, honestly. And, yeah. uh, you know, a little more city based, uh, not so much a rural environment from the things that we saw. It looks very city uh, focused. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So that looks, that looks pretty, pretty cool. We'll have to keep an eye on it, but pretty yeah. far away. And then lastly, you know, they had the one more announcement thing. And this, I don't know if this kind of tickled you, Nick, but I thought it was kind of funny. They go, we got one more thing to show you. And then they lead in with a God of War controller. And I'm like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me right now? Um, you know, they showed off a, a blue and white God of War Ragnarok controller with uh, Wolf Kratos and Wolf Atreus, I can only imagine, on the touchpad. Looks pretty cool. Not crazy about it. I mean, it's not bad by any means, but, you know, certainly nothing crazy. And then they followed that with the big thing of the show, which was a new, brand new God of War Ragnarok trailer. Um, I personally don't really even want to talk about it. I think if you have interest in this game and you don't care about spoilers, watch this trailer as soon as you can. It's awesome. Like, it's straight up awesome, but I feel like they show too much. And like Nick said, you know, I was sold the moment that they showed that this game was existing. I did, you know, you could have showed, you could have showed me nothing and I would have bought it day one. So, you know, seeing some of the creatures that they showed, um, I'm hoping it's just a small slice of the entire game, Uh, but it did seem a little spoiler heavy, but I have no doubt in my mind that this game is going to replicate what the what 2018 did you know i'm sure we're gonna see a lot of oh it's just the same thing just prettier much like we saw with forbidden west um but i don't think anybody can deny that this game is going to just captivate every single person that plays it um yeah yeah so yeah any 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 thoughts on that nick uh i i'm with you not a fan of the controller i'll just put that out there it's just too boring uh but uh yeah the trailer yeah it 
Don't watch it. Yeah. Don't watch Unless it. That's, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a world where you should where you should watch it. Like it's just it's too spoilery uh, from a lot of standpoints. Um, so I, I I don't recommend it. Just just take our word for it that it's incredible. Get this game November yeah. 9th. I can't come soon enough. That's yep. That's where we'll leave that. Fair. And that's it, man. That's it from uh, State of Play. So, you know, I think it was actually a pretty decent show when you kind of go back and you, you, you look at the games on a mm-hmm. game-to-game standpoint. Um, you know, I think we're just all, like I said, kind of hoping, oh, what's, you know, are we going to see Spider-Man? Are we going to see Wolverine? Are we going to see Bloodborne 2? Blah, blah, blah. You know, blah, blah, blah. I, games are going to come. It's just we live in a different world now. <laughs> so, Well, I was listening to Kind of Funny talk about it, and mm-hmm. uh, Greg Miller was talking about how when he talked to Adam Boyce, who used to work for Sony, he used to be in these press conferences, um, that they would aim for one out of every four games you wanted to play or were interested in. Yeah. And so I know when, before we watched this, we said only one, which would mean one out of 10, which is a horrible ratio. But I think this, this is pretty close to that one out of four games uh, that yeah. you want to play. And the more I, I look at these games and I think about them, like, like Rise of Ronin for one is like I didn't like it when I initially saw it because it is more Ghost of Tsushima and by the time this comes out there will be a Ghost of Tsushima and a Assassin's Creed set in the same setting which we'll talk about in a second here uh, but I still it still looks good so um, yep. a lot of these games I'm interested to see how they play you know um, so yeah I, I, feel, I feel pretty good I, tr- I trust them they, they have a, a good eye for good games though yep. I think I think we're in good hands but Let's move on, shall we? All right. So let's move on to Ubisoft Forward, their big September conference. Uh, It sucked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to pull any punches, just like uh, anything else. uh, Like, again, we talked about this last week. We're not surprised uh, about this. And I know, John, you did not watch this live, correct? No, man. I learned my lesson. (laughs) (laughs) smart smart man I did not learn my lesson and I decided to watch it and it is John's favorite conference format where two hosts and I had to get their titles because they actually showed what their jobs were and they're both communication managers at Ubisoft uh, where you know it is show a game they talk and I'm with John I'm like Show me your PSN ID. Show me your gamer tag, right. your Steam ID. I want to see that you actually play these games because <laughs> they just come so come off as so not genuine, so forced that I just can't stand it. It is so eye rolling. Stop it. Stop mm-hmm. doing this. <laughs> it would be better if you literally like went into Microsoft Word, typed out what you want, hit like the automate voice thing, and then talks <laughs> like this. That would be better. That would be better. And it's even worse that we we're not going to talk about Mario and Rabbits, but they went into the developer uh, when they were showing the game. The developer of that game was talking about it, and it's night and day. Like it is night and day. Like I'm not interested in Mario and Rabbits at all, but hearing this guy talk about it, it's just night and day. I was at least interested in hearing him talk about the game and his thoughts on it. You know, like that is what you do. That's how these shows should be. <laughs> Passion goes a long way, man. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, and I, unrelated to this, I did want to get this out there because this came out in an interview around this event between Steven Totillo and Yves Guimot, who is, you know, runs Ubisoft, that uh, going forward, starting with Skull and Bones, 
all Ubisoft games are gonna be 70 bucks. So they're joining that <laughs> Sony first party uh, price tag. Uh, we'll see if Skull and Bones is even remotely worth the $70. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't mind, yeah, I don't <laughs> mind 70 bucks, but they really don't want Skull and Bones to succeed. <laughs> That's the game you start that with? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this game has everything stacked against it. You know, the troubled yeah, development, sure. releasing the day before he got of war, and now a $70 price tag on top of that. And as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, Ubisoft titles, they don't retain their price very long, so maybe they're hoping no. to get a little bit of their uh, their money back on this one. But uh, I just wanted to point that out, that that is the expectation going forward with Skull and Bones being the first one. So Does... Does Skull and Bones go free to play within the first year it's released? Oh, f- if for sure, for yeah, sure. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It is. They did announce it is crossplay at launch, so that kind of fixes the helps with the what we assume to be a low player count when it comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll sit reviews otherwise, uh, so uh, you will be able to play Nick, with people. Nick, on, come on, on. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> you at least will be able to play with other people on any platforms when all your friends on, you know, your platform are not playing this. But <laughs> we'll see. And, you know, we'll yeah. give it the benefit of the doubt. It was shown here at another trailer. It still does just does not look great. Um, does the UI look as ridiculous as it did before? Yes. Oh okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I'd be yeah. disappointed otherwise. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'll just uh, note a few things here of what they showed. Uh, Trackmania, which has been on PC for a very long time, is finally coming to consoles next year. Uh, that was probably one of the bigger, smaller announcements. Uh, DLC is coming for all their games, including Division Two, Crew Two, Riders Republic. D- those games still still wait. People are playing them. <laughs> did you just say wait? Did you just say DLC for every one of their games? Uh, pretty much, like well, that wow. are currently out. So yeah. we'll get uh, AC Valhalla being one of them. But I was going to bundle all this as in Creed news. But yes, AC Valhalla is getting DLC. Division Two is getting season ten DLC. Season ten for the Division Two. Just shows some, I'm on a loop on some of these games, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. I just. And I don't want to make this into a Ubisoft bash fest, but I just don't understand their strategy sometimes with things. I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm not even going to mention they spent way too much time on Rainbow Six Siege on mobile. They didn't even show Division Heartlands at all. They just said, hey, sign up to be in early access. Um, Those were... Yeah, they're not even worth mentioning. And that there were some no-shows here, including Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Nowhere to be seen. We got, what, 20 seconds of it at Disney and Marvel Showcase, and then not here at all. Like, oof. Is that game getting delayed again? I feel like it is. I don't. I don't. We don't have a release date for it, so it, it it'll probably be it probably a year from now. I like. I wouldn't right. be shocked. Did they not say like early? They didn't even say like first first quarter or anything for next year? Uh, I don't remember the exact announcement, but I remember it was just like it's not going to be there when the movie comes out. So okay, yeah, it still says. It says set to release sometime between April 2023 and March 2024. Yeah, wasn't so, it? And it originally had a November this year release date. Well, the movie I think is out in December, so I think I'm assuming that they wanted that co-marketing, like, oh, yeah, hey, I love the movie, okay. gonna go play the game, but that didn't happen. And then oh. also the Ubisoft is doing a Star Wars game that was a no-show here as well, but 
kind of not surprising. I think when that announcement was made, it was very early on. So, mm-hmm. um, and then they kind of went into what they called the Assassin's Creed showcase, where it was all about Assassin's Creed. Um, and they had a bunch of announcements there. Like I mentioned, AC Valhalla is going to get his final DLC, finally, uh, called The Last Chapter, that is going to wrap up all the events and storylines of that game. Uh, we get what Assassin's Creed Infinity actually is, this actually is, and now it is going to be a hub for the modern day stuff. So all the animus stuff that has been very widely different in all the games you know up until this current trilogy uh it is all going to be in one kind of hub world and from there you're going to launch into all the future assassin's creed titles so infinity is just kind of a overall launcher uh in-game launcher uh for all their titles going forward um but it won't be the launcher for their next Assassin's Creed game, which was you know, leaked and then they had to announce it, which is Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, this will be coming next year. It is set in Baghdad and it'll take place 20 years before Valhalla. Um, it was a CG trailer. We know how I feel about CG trailers. <laughs> Did you watch this trailer, John? Nope. Okay, good. You didn't have to watch it. <laughs> so I, I don't know, we'll, we'll find out more about it next year. Um, and then they announced two. Oh wait, real quick! I just want to comment real quick on Assassin's Creed Infinity. I, I just have a hard time with this stra- again strategy, right? With Ubisoft, is is it not beneficial, like widely beneficial, for to take your creatives, right, whatever group of creatives you have in your organization, and let them create, right, and and go crazy? And I just, I I feel weird that they're taking telling their developers be like hey i know you might have ideas for something but the only way that you can get creative is like you have to do this thing in this setting like i just whenever you let your your artists run wild and use their strengths and their tool set to create what they want to, you're gonna get a better product out of it. You're gonna get something with more passion that doesn't feel derivative, that doesn't reuse the same assets. And I, dollars to donuts, man, I am gonna be shocked if these Assassin's Creed games have any type of identity to themselves, (laughs) except for the setting. And I just, I don't know, I it just, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like my feelings like with Marvel and Star Wars right now, it's just too much of the same thing. We need to let this stuff breathe and I don't know, like if, if Assassin's Creed fails, like Ubisoft fails, I feel like at this point. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. It's kind of nice that they're gonna be a little more focused, but they, they kind of did that with the last three Assassin's Creed games. Before that, you know, Syndicate, Unity, uh, uh, the pirate yeah, one, the black flag, uh, the the animus, the real world stuff was just a, a hodgepodge of whatever they felt like. I guess it, there was really like loose connections. Um, yeah. So it is kind of nice that they're getting more focused. But I'm with you. Like as we're going to get into, they announced another three Assassin's Creed games, and this is kind of like the cart before the horse. You know, it's like <laughs> you're good. why why are you announcing right. all these games? Like it just. And it's right. almost. What if, what if the first one comes out and it, it fucking is horrible? People hate it, and then like now you're all of a sudden you have three other things you've announced. There've been twelve Assassin's mainline Assassin's Creed games and seventeen spinoff games. Why is there no creativity in media anywhere? I don't understand. <laughs> in, in every medium, it's crazy. 
Yeah, so I, I'm with you. It's this is getting way ahead of the getting way ahead of anything. I don't know why they did this, like, but here we are. So yeah. let's let's get into the the three Assassin's Creed games. Uh, we yeah. got the first title is Assassin's Creed Red, which is going to be set in feudal Japan. Release date TBD. I'm assuming 2024 and beyond. <laughs> mm-hmm. And again, the with probably Ghost of Tsushima 2 coming out and now Rise of Ro- Ronin, uh, it's a little too late <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to give I us say. the Assassin's Creed we wanted. But uh, who knows, maybe it'll be good. Um, the second title is codenamed Hexed. It will be a different type of AC game, and it looks to involve witchcraft of some kind. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm interested in that one. Um, yeah, but again... This that game's probably five years off at the right. very least, you know. Well, and that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering <laughs> if they have this internal plan where, like, since we can reuse assets, since we're like we're not looking at generational leaps, like how many? I bet you they have like three teams working on three of those games right now, and like they're planning. On, I, I I think those games are going to come out pretty quick behind one another. We'll see. I, I don't know if that's going to be true or not, but that's, I don't that's, think it's. I don't think it's going to be the long turnaround time that we usually see. That's a good point, because Ubisoft Games used to be a yearly franchise. I wonder if yeah. the plan is to get back to yeah. some kind of equivalent cadence, maybe a, a big Assassin's Creed game with a half-step every other year. Kind well, of and they've, been, they've been putting out a bunch of like you know verbiage lately, too, that's like, Assassin's Creed won't be 150 hours anymore. It's not going to be this big. It's not. So like you know if they take the Valhalla Odyssey Origins formula, condense it down to 40 to 50 hours and have these smaller tiles, that could be an okay way to do it, to let you like you know have the uh, the settings breathe a little bit more, like you know variety and and you're not lingering in the same setting for 150 hours. True. That could work. That could work. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. One of Valhalla's biggest weaknesses is it just goes too long, and that right. that's not even. I'd even play the season pass, the expansion, and then this other DLC. So <laughs> I think they know. I think they know that too. Yeah. So, and then finally, there is a another Assassin's Creed game called Codename Jade. It is a mobile game, so who the fuck cares about that one? So <laughs> maybe it'll be good, but uh, again, this is a lot of Assassin's Creeds. Um, yeah, man. It's yeah, like you said, it this is this is the the thing they're leaning on. I mean, we're not even getting the fact they're doing a Netflix show and all kinds of other stuff with this franchise. So they're they're all in. Um, yeah, it's a bummer to not have it. No other franchise showed up. You know, I, I know I said no shows for the games that are announced, but there's no Far Cry coming. There's no um, Im- Immortals, Phoenix. You know, Phoenix Rising sequel. Um, I did hear yeah, a rumor about that one. That there's, that's yeah, that's a fair one. That that game's dead, dude. That game's never coming out. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I I just I don't like the era that we live in right now, man. With media, where it's just like, hey, hey, what works? What makes money? What do we know is going to be okay? Marvel, yeah, what's, what's Star Wars, <laughs> Assassin's Creed, Call of. D- it's like, man, like I'd want weird experiences i want people to take risks i know it's not as good for the pocketbooks but man like that's you know you'd never get some of the best shit that we've ever gotten if people just kept making the same thing over and over and over again so i don't know hopefully i guess vote with your wallets people if you like this shit still i guess keep buying it if not (laughs) please try and stay away if you can 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, just a disappointing conference. You know, not a, no gameplay for anything except Mario and Rabbits and <laughs> the the deal. All the DLC for existing games they showed gameplay, but I mean, the laundry list of games that they announced and the games that weren't here, and it's just like don't even have the show like don't why bother but yeah you know some of these like these companies need to shareholders explain man. that they exist yeah shareholders, shareholders yeah especially for ubisoft um who's yeah. very just like a lot of these publishers a little wounded right now they seem to not not know where they're going next but yeah all right that is it we can move on Woo! psvr2 baby yeah. so um we just got a, I think on Wednesday, we got a lot of impressions and previews. It seems like the press was able to demo um, some games for PSVR 2. Uh, among those games, we got the new Horizon Call of the Wild, or maybe Call of the Mountain. I should really know that title. I'm sorry, <laughs> folks. It's Call of Something. We're calling something. Um, and we also got, they got to play Resident Evil Village. Uh, they got to play uh, the new Walking Dead Saints and Sinners game. And then they also got to play the Star Wars um, game that I mentioned earlier, which is Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge. Um, just wanted to briefly kind of go over what the general consensus is here, Nick, and people are hyped. Mm -hmm. Unanimous. Uh, unanimous praise all around, you know, Kotaku, Polygon, IGN, GameStop. Everybody who's had their gotten their hands on this thing says it's absolutely incredible, pushes VR forward, um, you know, and really, uh, you know, I think it's, it's making people excited for this thing. So, um, you know, just kind of overall some of the different things that they said, um, you know, first and foremost, this thing is pretty light and comfortable. Um, they haven't officially said how heavy it is, but it sits on your head very, very nicely. Um, the uh, detail, right? You know, one of the big things with this new headset is the 4K OLED screens, uh, the foveated rendering, everything that they're trying to pump into this machine to make it look as crystal clear as possible. Obviously, get rid of that screen door effect that you saw with PSVR 2 or with PSVR. Um, they knocked it out of the park. You know, it seems like the screen door effect is um, not there at all. You, you can't notice that anymore, which is great. And, you know, from some of the snippets and clips I've seen of people talking about it, They've said that going into Horizon, you know, it looks like a AAA graphical experience. Um, you know, it looks to them like Forbidden West does to us playing a PS5 on a TV, which, you know, is absolutely incredible. You know, I, I know that that's what we need to achieve to get immersed into these experiences, right? VR is all about immersion. That's that's what we do it for. And so, you know, having the screen door or jagged edges and things like that, it doesn't ruin an experience, but it takes you out of it a little bit. So if you're able to go into, you know, the world of Horizon and you see a, a thunder jaw coming at you and, and, you know, it looks like it does in the game, that's fucking awesome. I, you know, I'm, I'm really, really pumped to see that. Um, a couple other things, you know, the setup itself, right? We, we're getting rid of a lot of that clunkiness that we saw with the original VR. Um, I don't know how many fucking cables you need to have plugged into your PS4 to play that thing, but I think it's at least three or four. This just has that one USB-C go straight into the front of the, uh, the headset, which I know some people were initially bummed that it's not completely wireless like Quest 2 is. Um, 
but I think this is the right call, you know, from everything that we've seen so far, you know, this thing is a powerhouse, right? The graphics are better. The, the tracking is supposed to be impeccable. Um, everything about it is high end. So if the, if the machine itself is able to connect directly to the PS5, I believe that's going to allow the um, PS5 to do a lot of the heavy lifting and not have to have the headset have all the tech that's needed to, which, you know, might in turn allow us to have a lower price point too, you know, if then there's not as much innards needed. So, um, like I said, the tracking is supposed to be impeccable, so you don't really even notice that cable, um, you know, which is which is great to hear. Um, but overall, I, I think you know it's really really positive stuff. You know, I, I'm excited to hear it. I think after seeing these reviews, I'm really really going to try to get my hands on one day one. Um, the only question, you know, a couple only only questions we need to answer is a, you know, when's it come out? B, how much does it cost? And um, you know, what are the killer apps going to be? Are we going to see mm -hmm. Half-Life Alex type stuff? But um, what's what's your ideal app, Nick? You know, if, if you is there is there a game out there that they could announce or or you know talk about that would make you start to think about getting one of these things? Or <laughs> are you kind of are you out no matter what? That is a pretty open question. I'd have mm. to think about it. I think a good start would be Half-Life Alex and the uh, sequel to Astrobot. So yep. if, if, it, if it launched with those two titles, I think people would be very, very happy with Horizon Call of the Mountain and uh, the current Call Mountain. Okay, good. <laughs> the current the current slate. Um, oh, but uh, that would be the very least for me. I am not bought in with what's currently announced now. I think it, it looks cool. It sounds very cool. But I, I've played VR. It doesn't really do much for me yet. Uh, mm -hmm. This could be the one to turn it around. And I think price is a huge thing. You know, I wonder how highly high these previews would be if this is like an $800 product. You know, that would be, <laughs> that no, would be insane. Yeah. I don't and, think we're, yeah. I, I, I mean, I want to believe 400. I think with inflation and all that stuff, we're going to see five. That's where I would kind of bet. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when the PSVR came out, it came out at the same price that a PlayStation 4 was. Uh, I, I think they would kind of just follow suit here. I don't think you can go higher than the console. I think that would create like a PS3 $600 price thing, you know, again, and, and Sony doesn't want, want to deal with that. But, um, yeah, man, I, I think overall we have a lot to look forward to. You know, I am a PSVR believer. I own one. I love getting, you know, Beat Saber and Astrobot, just those two games alone make it worthwhile for me. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, I'll be getting this. Um, but, you know, I, I think one thing that's just, you know, it's, it's just kind of, kind of something I want to keep an eye on is, you know, does Sony support this? A little bit more you know I, I think when the PSVR 2 was announced and they started talking about it I, I specifically remember I don't believe it I don't know if it was Shuhei Yoshida or another high-end exec at Sony but they basically said that we are viewing the PSVR as we viewed PlayStation 1 meaning they're viewing this as a brand new platform that they want to support and, and, and transform over the next 20 years and so I want to see you know, do they start to back that up? Because, you know, yeah, we had Astrobot Rescue Mission and Resident Evil 7 and um, Beat Saber, but if you paid attention to, like, the NPDs month after month, dude, it was the same games every single month. It really was not supported from Sony first party. Um, and I'm wondering if 
you know, we're going to start seeing maybe some small teams within Sony's first party, like, hey, focus on VR, right? They bought Fire Sprite, probably as a team that has a lot of VR experience that can help Sherpa some of these other teams to get, you know, the big IPs, the God of Wars, the Uncharted, the um, Spider-Mans, you know, get that stuff onto the platform. Because, man, I, you know, if they if they have a full, like, if they have a Spider-Man game akin to what this Horizon game is for, VR, like that's that's gonna sell. That's gonna, my son will lose his mind. What if you if play you as MJ? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spider Man oh. colon Mary Jane. <laughs> All the MJ uh, sections in first yeah. person, no, and, and you take pictures of uh, Spider Man swinging around uh, and fighting guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, why'd you have to bring me down? <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I think I, I mean, I think they're gonna support it. I, I hope they support it. Um, and if they do, I think they're going to have a, uh, you know, big, big thing on their hands again. So, um, yeah. Any closing thoughts, Nick? Yeah, it's all about this lineup, what, it, what it's going to be. Um, do you think it's going to be first half of next year? I, I, I would like to think so, but that would be wild if it was fall of next year. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I mean... I initially wanted to jump at you and be like, yeah, for sure it's first half, but thinking about it, I, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that Sony has been so quiet on the games front because they want to leave the first half of the year kind of open for VR to let that breathe. Um, we know that you know, Spider-Man's supposedly slated for next year. The first one came out in September. I bet they could, you know, kind of just keep that cadence going. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say between March, <laughs> March and May. March and May is gonna be my thing. Uh, I know that seems soon, but there was people also talking about it coming out this fall, and um, you know, and that Walking Dead game, right? That Walking Dead's coming out this fall. So I, I don't know if they're gonna wait a whole another year to release it um i'm gonna say next yeah i'm gonna say between march and may that's my guess yeah that's that's what i think so yeah uh, i'm excited we'll see but yeah they, they need more games they need to show yeah. more games for sure uh, not the even, same if not, ones. even if not you can come over to my house you just you can't use the vr porn with it for my my, my headset <laughs> i'm sorry nick i know Aww. that's what, what you really want to do but <laughs> not at <in> my house <laughs> john go upstairs for a little bit <laughs> Oh, man, what a nightmare. <laughs> All right. Well, leaving on that high note, <laughs> let's move on to the next topic. I wanted to talk about the anime show Cyberpunk Edge Runners. We mentioned it last week uh, with the announcement of uh, DLC coming to the Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, named after this anime so it came out this Tuesday I have watched all of it and I have some thoughts so uh, it is 10 episodes I'll put that in the positive column it is not a very long show that you chew through it pretty fast uh, it definitely gets the vibe of cyberpunk you know there is not only is there a few cameos a few locations that you're familiar with in the game but a lot of the aesthetic a lot of the the sound effects when you know the main character is getting phone calls it sounds like you're getting a phone call in cyberpunk a lot of the a lot of that is in this a lot of the weapons a lot of the abilities the the mantis claws and all that they they appear here and a lot of the gangs they all show up and they look they look exactly like they do in the game it is a great uh extension of that world um but 
Again, this is anime, so they have to do all the annoying tropes that are in anime, including the main character being a super smart kid, and he goes to this prestigious cool, but he doesn't fit in, you know? <laughs> he's, 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 he's a rebel. He doesn't want this. He's, he grew up poor, and he doesn't want to be with these rich kids in an Arasaka Academy, you know? And his life changes when he meets a girl who's different and edgy and mysterious. And then they team up together and he finds out, finds out that he's special in some way. He can, he can have cybernetic implants that other people can't and his body can take them. So, you know, he gets this super cybernetic implant and most people, you know, they pass out after two uses. Two uses. It's his first time using it. He uses it eight, nine times. Like, oh my God, what a rebel. And it's these tropes that I cannot stand. Get away from them. Get away from them. They make me roll my eyes. Like, it's just, it's insufferable. Like, I can't do it. Like, if, if you didn't have the cyberpunk aesthetic here, I would have been out after episode two, for sure. Yeah. Like, I just can't. <laughs> you know, like, it's so annoying. And I know, John, you saw the first episode. I'm I, I'm assuming you're in the same camp in, in what you saw. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I only saw the first episode, like you said. Um, it, it was obviously a lot of setup. Um, but I was definitely not engaged with what I saw to want to carry on more. I know, you know... Um, you know, I, I I guess we'll we'll get to this right now, but I, I have put Cyberpunk down for the time being, not due to anything. Yeah, sigh away, Nick, sigh away. Due, not due to dislike, not due to uh, anything else other than the fact that I don't think I, I just don't think I timed it right. You know, if we if you play games enough, you know that sometimes when you pop something in, it's you know it hits a certain way. Sometimes it doesn't, and. I have a lot going on in my life right now just between like my son starting kindergarten and my my schedule and stuff and kind of flip-flopping and changing around. I just I can't focus on it with the limited time I have. So I want to be able to play that game and play it in long periods of time. And right now is not that time. So that long explanation just to say I don't get a lot of the, you know, nods and winks and things that the show is doing compared to the, the game. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I when we watched the first episode, I kind of called it. It seemed like oh yeah, this is this is gonna do the most generic type of of storytelling possible, which you know if you're an anime fan, you know I know there's people out there they don't care. That's they this is what they like. This is they wanna all the tropes they want all that stuff so if you're one of those people you know have at it it seems like ign was pretty high on it and, mm-hmm. and other review sites as well but you know if you're looking for something a little unique and obviously you can speak more about it so i will let you maybe this one's not for you you really are the heel of the show i are you love our show uh with your death stranding now cyberpunk we haven't even gotten into Elden Ring, but you are just the <laughs> again send all your hate mail to PlaystationPalspot at gmail.com. Attention to John. Hey, tell hey, him his game I'm choices are dumb. Games. You know what, Nick? If you're gonna force me to play game, if you're forcing me to play specific games, I don't want to do this show. <laughs> no, I, I've always thought you know play play what you want to play. You know, I've really tried to take that to heart as I've gotten older in life. You know, time is limited. Time is the most valuable currency. I think we all. have have and um you know i just never never wanted to never wanted to put the disc in and again you know i don't dislike it i just want when i when i play this game when i absorb this game i want to have that feeling i know i can get there uh so i'm gonna wait for it you know whenever i can get there 
Whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm speaking reason- reasonable and rational right now, and you have I, no way to shit on me. So, <laughs> in all fairness, I'm teasing John again. Oh, yeah. I'm in the same boat. Like, if you don't like it, don't no, play. Fuck That's- you, Nick. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you know, I will never force anyone to play games. Like, I, yeah. I, I did that for a very long time in my younger days, and I regret every all that time wasted because I should have just walked away from a lot of games. So. So if you're not feeling it, you know, that's not the way to play it. And that's not how I want you to experience the game either. You know, I don't want exactly. you playing it because you don't exactly. you don't like it. So I'm doing this for you. Oh, okay. okay? <laughs> Did I not say that off the top? <laughs> but uh, yeah, just wrapping it up, like the second half of the show gets even worse. It's the main character makes some really dumb decisions. Um and as you mentioned, everyone's loving this, including Kutaku, who said this has a better story than the main Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> and that made me roll my eyes because there is not an, a thing they talk about in this. You know, there's a big thing about cyber psychos. There's a whole side plot in Cyberpunk 2077 about cyber uh, cyber psychos. It, and the main character has a whole plot where he's losing control of himself. Gee, does that sound a little bit, John, like <laughs> the main yeah. plot of um, Cyberpunk 2077? So I, I want to I be in the CD Projekt writer's team room when they read that or when they <laughs> see that. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so sorry, Kotaku. I don't know what you're on. That everything in this is covered in the show, uh, in the game. Uh, so, um, but it, again, it is very pretty. Uh, this is done by Studio Trigger. They've done a lot of, you know, beautiful animes, and this is this looks great. You know, it's just the visual feast, and it's not. You know, even if you're not feeling it a lot, it, again, ten episodes at twenty minutes a piece, it's not a big commitment. So if, you know, it's not the worst thing to sit through. It's just, it's, it's just not. It was just not my thing. You know, so, but I'm glad it exists. I'm glad, you know, that, you know, as we mentioned with HBO's The Last of Us and all these other game announcements, uh, uh, games adaptation announcements across all kinds of mediums, that it's cool that, you know, video games seems to be the next comic book that, you know, everyone wants to tap into it. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited that this got made, but I do not recommend it unless you really like anime and you really want to see what they did with Cyberpunk 2077 license, so. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, fair enough. That's it. All right, and then, uh, you know, so just talking about a little bit of games here, so, you know, what did scratch my itch that I've been wanting and game that I am, you know, wanting to, to go through and play, it's very comfy, you know, it's not, I don't have to think about a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't have to think about a lot when I pop it in. Go ahead, Nick. Say your piece. This is salt in the wound. This is salt in the wound. This this just makes it worse. This makes it worse. It's a better game all around than Cyberpunk. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm playing Far Cry 6. And Uh, I know. I know. I know. So, you know, if you played Far Cry, you know what Far Cry is. It's the same same shit. I've played Far Cry 4, Far Cry 5. Um, this one, you know, set in Cuba. Um, main main prote- or antagonist is Giancarlo Esposito, which is fantastic. If you know, I'm Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time. So, you know, when that man shows up, I I'm immediately invested in it. But he's in Cyberpunk I, Edge Runners. <laughs> you can yeah, watch it yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I I you know, I probably if once I beat Cyberpunk, I might go back and watch it just so I can you know have an opinion on uh, on the show versus the the. 
game, but um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about it. You know, this game's been out for a while, so I know nobody's out there going like, oh, tell me about Far Cry 6, John. I don't know anything about it. You know, if, if, you, if you've played an open-world Ubisoft game, you've played exactly Far Cry 6. You're clearing bases, you know, you're, you're getting attacked all the time, you're stealthing, you're, you're getting your little animal side or companions, all that good stuff. It's all fun, but it's nothing new. But I do think that this game kind of had a little bit of an unfair um, reception when it came out. You know, this game, I'm going to look it up right now, actually, on Oprah Critic. I think it's sitting somewhere in the 70s. Um, this game's great, man. Like, if you know what this is, if you are, you know, comfortable just accepting that, yeah, I'm playing an open world game where I can go kill enemies and get upgrades and get better guns, like, it does it very, very, very well. You know, it, it, it's sitting at a 76 on Open Critic right now, which just doesn't seem a little it doesn't seem fair to me right it's not reinventing the wheel it's not doing what elden ring did to open world games or anything like that but it runs perfectly it's gorgeous i i genuinely am okay with like some of the side characters i've met so far um you know playing as this guerrilla you know in cuba trying to get your land back uh, it, it, it all fits very well, right? I, I think a lot of people's favorite Far Cry, it seemed the consensus, is Far Cry 3. A lot of that reasoning being that they felt that the island setting fits Far Cry very well, and I, I agree with that sentiment, sentiment with this game uh, as well. Uh, the shooting feels good. It's always fun to pop heads and, and you know get through a base without being seen. But um, you know, but it is a generic open world game. So I, I don't. I understand that that criticism. But you know, it's super cheap. Um, you know, I think you can probably get it regularly for 15 bucks nowadays. You know, it's again, it's a Ubisoft games. These games drop like you know rocks when after they come out. Um, but you know, it's it's scratching that itch for me. It's it's comfortable, like I said. It's something that I just wanna. When I get home from a long day, I get my kids. I you know I play with my son. I get my kids to my my twin nine month old girls to sleep. You know I, I see my wife for a bit. Sometimes I don't have the mental capacity to sit down and and really get absorbed and invested in something. And this is really you know working for me right now. Just because I can pop in, I can do a couple missions. Um, you know, and 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 kind of get out, I guess. Um, I just, I just see you coming down in your basement. You're like, I'm gonna murder some Cubans. <laughs> <laughs> Let me murder one of these other dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, South Park reference. If you don't know what that's from. Um, yeah, I, but but you know, it, it's it is. It's 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 obviously you know serious subject matter, but like. Playing through the game, it's very colorful. It's bright. When you, you know, sometimes when you when you engage in uh, enemies, you know, the battle music plays, and in most games, it's like this one. It's it's like this, you know, Cuban Havana like upbeat poppy stuff starts playing. It's it's hilarious. It's a real funny juxtaposition, you know, compared to what you're doing. So, um, I just wanted to give a shout out to it. I think it's. It's better than I thought it was going to be. It's better than I think the critics gave, um, you know, gave it, you know, because on one hand, I can see a valid criticism of a game being like, yeah, it's it's another one of these. But at the same time, when, when it does what it intends to do, I, I think in any medium, you have to, you when you evaluate something, you have to evaluate it through the lens of what is it trying to accomplish? It's not trying to, you know, tell you the world's greatest story it's not trying to reinvent the wheel but it's doing much like horizon it's doing all the things that it's trying to
to do very well. And I think, uh, you know, I think that's something worth applauding. And um, yeah, have, that's all I got to say on it, at least. Um, <laughs> have you gotten any of the pets yet? I remember one of the cool things in the trailers where the, was the like handicapped dog that you get <laughs> and, and you get a pet gator too. Uh, I have the I have the pet gator. He's the first guy you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Guapo. He is he is wonderful. <laughs> and then um, I just met the guy who has the dog. So okay. he is not he is not my companion yet, but he's following this other guy around. So my guess is once I leave this area, he's probably gonna be like, here, take. I think his name is Chorizo. Chorizo, yeah. So take Chorizo. He'll watch out. You know, probably be something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, hoping soon, because yeah, he's adorable. He's his his back legs don't work, so he's a little wheelchair. <laughs> it's it's cute. <laughs> Do, do they add anything really to combat, or they're just another object of chaos, just running around the map, biting the Guapo, just running around biting people? Yeah, I honestly, honestly, Nick, I I typically turn them off because. I like to stealth it if I can, and I find that if I have them on, they're just, they're not, they're not listening to me. They're going and biting people, and I want them to chill. So I usually just kind of have them off, unless if I am just going through the open world where they can kind of just go and, you know, cause cause chaos when they want. But... Again, you know, they, they might change it up a little bit. I remember in Far Cry 5, all the different companions had, like, wildly different things that they, they enhance or not. So, you know, mm-hmm. there might be, like, like Chorizo, right? He's a tiny little dachshund. He's not going to murder, a, a, you know, a bad guy, but he might enhance my ammo collection or I don't know, you know. So mm-hmm. there might be something like that. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. seems to be one of the more interesting things about the game, other than being yet another Far Cry yeah. game. So yeah, it's not. It's generic, man. It wouldn't be for you, but it's fine. <laughs> hey, I played Far Cry Three and I enjoyed it, but yeah, yeah. I played it and was like, well, I don't need to do that ever again. And yeah. then they made three more games. So <laughs> yeah, well, and then you got me. It was like, oh, well, sure, I'll do it one more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right. Final topic. We made it. I just wanted to give a kind of an update on some games that I talked about, you know, over the last few podcasts. Um, you know, I hate when on, I listen to other podcasts and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm playing so-and-so game and here are my early impressions and thoughts. And then, you know, they never mention it again. And you're like, what? What happened? Like, did you? Did or, you or they, or did they you, stop playing it? Yeah. Did you beat it? Did you not? Did you stop playing it? Why did you stop playing it? Like, uh, did you? Like, let me know. You know. And similar to why we had to give you guys an update on Death Stranding, I feel like it's our responsibility to go. You know. You know, this game's not for us. You know. So, mm-hmm. yep. uh, I got two games to talk about. Uh, the first one will be uh, Saints Row, uh, which, again. I still do not recommend it. Hmm. Um, I don't think I mentioned that it runs a kind of two subplots. Uh, one is the main story, and then the other is the side ventures, uh, which is where you build a building, you do quests for it, and then they start generating money for you. Um, so the main story just ends abruptly, ends terribly. I'll, hmm. I'll mind you, I was just like, oh, I'm seeing credits. Like, what? what's, what's going on? Uh, nothing worse than when you see credits and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I feel no resolutions. <laughs> so that ended and I was back in the world and I'm like, yeah, I still have ventures to build. I haven't even built all of them. And I open my phone and it's like, hey, let's build a skyscraper. And it's like, let's show our dominance of the city and we're going to build a skyscraper. And it, there was two checkboxes. One was completing the main story. So I was like, okay, I got that done. And one, the other one was build all the ventures. 
So I did that, I built all the ventures and I unlocked the skyscraper. The skyscraper cost like $8 million. So it took me a little bit of in-game time to build this thing. Uh, and then I built it thinking like, just like in the earlier Saints Row, I would get this penthouse. I'd have this huge room I can go into, a big pool, you know, a place for my gang to hang out in. I build the thing and it is just a skyscraper, skyscraper with a helipad on top. It was the, <laughs> this, the most disappointing thing I've ever gotten, I've ever worked towards in the game. I was, I was so frustrated. Um, so. That was it. I am so I unlocked the the true final ending after that, and the game was over. I promptly deleted it, and I will not be going back. No platinum for Saints Row. I will not do the grind for that. So missed opportunity. Yep, just a bummer that a game that you know had all the 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 right window to hit just couldn't couldn't do it. So. Yeah, dude, we'll it, it nailed it nailed release date. Nothing released around it. You know, people are <laughs> clamoring for the next GTA, so there's a little bit of buzz around that. And yeah, they they really could have if they stuck the landing on that one. They really could have had something. So yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. So that's my piece on that. I am done with Saints Row, and then I also wanted to talk about a game that I said I might not be playing anymore, but then ended up finishing anyway, and that's Yakuza Like a Dragon. I have been slowly playing through it in between all the other games I've been playing. And uh, yeah, I have a few thoughts on it. Uh, first thing is it has a huge difficulty spike in chapter 12, which was very frustrating. Uh, for the most part, I was running into enemies around my level, nothing too hard. And then there was these two bosses in chapter 12 that were about over 10 levels higher than me out of nowhere and uh, would kill me uh, every time, like not a chance. Like they would start, each would attack multiple times and then one shot every character they attacked. So. At least I, in JRPGs, you know you have no hope. You know, sometimes <laughs> like you're playing something, you're like, ah, maybe I could get it. Maybe if I just avoid this and dodge that attack. It's like JRPGs like, nah, one shot. All right, man, I get it. I understand what you're, what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, and it's kind of a bummer that it just doesn't happen naturally. Like, I could imagine just maybe a little bit of grind or the fight being a little bit tougher for me, but this fight was just unbearable. Uh, it's It sucks, so I had to go back and do some grinding, which wasn't, which wasn't too bad, but still, it's like to hit that kind of roadblock. You know, I almost didn't come back, uh, so... So after I got through that, I was able to get through the game and get to the final boss. And I, I, it's been so long since I played a JRPG final boss that like fighting this guy in his ridiculously large health pool and just kind of like stealing my team up for his super attack to make sure nobody died from it. And then slowly chipping him away for like an hour. I was like, man, I don't miss this <laughs> at all. <laughs> like it's not it's just not satisfying like to be in a fight like that where it's like up oh, it's this this person she's the healer. She she can't attack because if I if she doesn't heal my whole party like one of them will die soon, you know? So yeah. every time it's her turn she heals and every time it's this turn he does this and so on and so forth. So it was just a bummer of a of a long drawn out fight which I got through on the first try at least. So there's that. But then it got into the ending, and this ending is one of the best endings in any game I've played. 
Like it was like, it was rough. Like it was very emotional, very suspenseful. Like I'm just like, oh my God, what is, what is gonna happen here? Um, and even then I could not predict. It, it just went places and it, maybe one day I'll actually talk about it. I mean, <laughs> John, have you ever decided I to wanna, play this game? I do want to, I, yeah, I just, I need to find the right, right opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it, it was really good. I was glad that I finished it. it. The world of Yakuza is very odd, but endearing, and the characters are great. And you know, while there is a lot of writing, a lot of dialogue, you know, for the game to like stick the ending like that, I thought was great. And uh, and there's and, plenty to play if you want to. Oh, you stole my line. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> because. In funny coincidence, you know, the week after the week after I finish it, boy, are we getting more Yakuza? Which we kind of, um, when we were talking about all these Yakuza titles coming to uh, the PlayStation Plus tiers, we were like, are there more Yakuza games coming? Like, are they announcing more? Because it seems like they're really going all in. And yeah, as you mentioned, this week they announced that Like a Dragon Ishin, which is coming out next year. And then they announced two more Yakuza games after that. Like a Dragon Gaiden, The Man Who Erased His Name, which is also coming out next year. So we're getting two Yakuza games next year. Jesus. And then they're going to do Like a Dragon 8, which is bringing back all the characters that I liked. Like that, that was a cool moment, too, watching that trailer and hearing, like, you can't see the characters, but you can hear their voices in the background and be yep. like, oh, that's Namba. Oh, that's, there's Ichiban, you know, like, oh, and they're bringing it back. Like, in 2024, there will be the eighth entry in this franchise, uh, which is exciting. Ryu Got Gotoku Studios has got to be the most efficient studio on the planet. <laughs> um, they they churn games like because not only have they made what eight main games and then a couple spinoffs they've remastered all of them they've you know did the Kiwami for uh, Kiwami one and Kiwami two which was basically a remake of one and two um, you know it's just insane the level of output that they have and the level of quality you know and then they made mm -hmm. the judgment the judgment and judge, lost judgment too right that's also them yep. um, you know and I'm sure a lot of it is they they just you know reuse their assets I think yep. Yakuza 1 through 6 are in the same city um, so there is that but it's just it's impressive and you know I think they uh, you know deserve a little bit of recognition yeah and I don't know if you saw that they're retiring the Yakuza name yep that, it's now like it, a dragon yep like a dragon going from here on out, so uh, that and they're uh, they're sticking with the turn base, right? Yes, Yakuza like a dragon, <laughs> like a dragon eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, will be the will be just like uh, this one, which is again I have not played the other ones. I I might play this uh, this samurai version Ishin. Uh, it looks cool. It looks, yeah, it looks pretty cool. But uh, and. Again, I wasn't the biggest fan of this turn base, but you know, it was that was the first quote unquote entry in this franchise using the turn base. So if they can improve upon it and do what works well in it, and that's definitely the weirdness of of it all, and maybe fine tune the job system and stuff like that, uh, it could be really good. It's it's definitely a game I will be keeping an eye out because, like I said, this game. You know, I was I don't even know if I was going to finish it, and then to finish mm -hmm. it and come away with a really positive opinion on it uh it was exciting that was, yeah that was gonna be my question so is this is yakuza oh god i just did it too is like <laughs> a dragon eight 
Is that day one? Is that a <laughs> say? Is that a wait for sale? Is that a no? Or is that a, I'm going to wait for it to come to extra at some point? And which which which, which, is, which would you lean towards? <laughs> I hmm, I don't know if I would buy it day one. I'd probably wait. It'd be one of those wait for reviews. If it mm-hmm. reviews eight and above, then I'd maybe and nothing else was coming out around it. I'd be like, yeah, strap in. I'll do more. Uh, you uh-huh. know, like kind of like a Far Cry Six scenario. I don't think you want to be playing all these games right in a row because no. they they do drag on and they do have a lot of the same mechanics. But you know, one every one every year or one every two years. Yeah, that I'm definitely excited to see where it goes where they decide to take the franchise. So. Cool. Well, I got you to play Danganronpa, and I got you to play Yakuza. So that's two zany Japanese games. Well done, Nick. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's where I want to leave it. And you know, like I said, I didn't. I with any game that we talk about here, I, I definitely want it. Our podcast mantra to at least, even if it's a one sentence, like "fuck it," horrible. <laughs> you know, like like cyberpunk. It, fuck it, horrible. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, to not leave these games out in the open for our listeners to be like. What happened? Like, are, did they beat yeah. it? Do they do they not like it? And if they don't like it, why not? Like, you know. So, fair, fair, so, fair. So cool. That is six things we did it again, and hooray! No more press conferences. Yay! <laughs> I know. I do find it funny that uh, after the summer of press conferences. Arguably, the three best shows were two State of Plays and a Nintendo Direct. <laughs> like, come on, yep. guys, what are we doing here? Yeah, we didn't even talk about that, and there was uh, some fun announcements there. Maybe we'll slip some of those announcements into next week. Yeah, because um, there was a lot of games at the Nintendo Direct that are also coming to PlayStation, so that's exciting. So, John, we're done. What song do you want to leave them on? Uh, We are going back to the year 2011. Uh, I'm sure everybody's going to recognize it. We got Dragonborn from Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The the game's been released on every platform, so, you know, why not play it on every podcast? Anything with the screen. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right. Do we have anything to tease for next week? Um... No, I mean, you you have a game you need to figure out what you want to play. I mean, you, you got some free time coming up, so I'm sure you're going to have something to talk about. Uh, yeah. I'll have yep. more Far Cry, and... Um, we will be getting those uh, PlayStation Plus Extra games. I don't know if we'll have yep. enough time to bring them to the show, but Chicory and Spirit Fair, look out. Uh, they are oh, definitely yeah, in, yeah. On, my, on my plate to, uh, to see. Yeah, chick- so. Chicory for sure. So we'll definitely have thoughts on that, so... All right. Enjoy your conference-free weekend. You can sleep easy knowing there's not a shitty conference around the corner. (laughs) Or is there? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Just just cut the audio right in the (laughs) mid part of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we should have left it on a more creepy song. So just people are like, ooh, ooh spooky, a co- scary, scary, spooky, scary skeletons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Halloween's coming. So, you know, I want people to think there's a conference waiting behind every corner. You know, don't go into that dark alley. Don't yeah. go into your basement without the lights on because there's another shitty yeah. conference waiting H- for Hideo you. Hideo Kojima's podcast is going to reach out and grab you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that could be a topic alone. What was the worst announcement in all of these shows? Yeah, but, PlayStation uh, stars or Kojima. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. 
we will see you next week with six more things we are excited to bring more to you so thanks for listening bye guys see ya